Hey, welcome to Mondo and Friends presented by Verizon. My name is Mondo Fresco and today we are kicking off season three. I'm super excited to be here with singer, songwriter, world superstar, <laughs> Alessia Cara. Alessia, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm super, super excited to, to have you on the show. Thank you. And I'm, I'm uh, to be as as I, I told you when when we met just a couple of days ago. Yeah, literally like two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, we met at an event and and I said, hey, uh, Alicia, I love your music. I'm a big fan. I would love to to have you on Amando and Friends. And uh, it was it was it was super exciting for for you know for me to to connect with you and. And to have you on the show. So thank you again for, for coming by. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I want to take it back a little bit to before you dropped here, before you even started recording, before you even stepped into the studio. Mm-hmm. Okay. You you grew up in, in Toronto? Um, I grew up in a, a suburb of Toronto, Ontario called Brampton. Um, I was born in another suburb called Mississauga. Moved to Brampton when I was four, and I basically lived in, in Brampton my whole life. It's like about 30, 40 minutes out of the city. Um, I live in the city now, which is really cool. But uh, growing up, yeah, I was just like in a suburban uh, city uh, called Brampton. And it's kind of funny. We get like kind of a bad reputation in, in, in the city for just no, – we're just known for being very boring. And there's, there were <laughs> characters. It's like, a, it's like a thing. There's a weird reputation about Brampton, but I'm proud. I rep it. I do. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that you know of is there any other public figure from your hometown um actually michael you know michael Sarah, the actor yep. of course he's like a legend he's from brampton which is so cool and weird and uh i'm like, like really excited to share that with him because <laughs> he's awesome so have you guys met yet no never um but that's probably the first thing i'm gonna say to him if i ever do like <laughs> it's really cool we're from the same hood. Yeah, it's like so <laughs> random that he's from there, but yeah. <laughs> so take me back to when you first fell in love, like your first memory of falling in love with, with music, and, and how did that happen? Um, I feel like for me it was one of those things where it just felt like it was always ingrained in my personality. I can't even think of a time where uh, it switched for me. It just felt like it was always a thing that I was doing it was like almost in my dna in a weird way i have videos of me like like two years old just like singing celine dion or trying to sing celine dion and uh you know i was always staring at the tv watching music videos and um we have like the canadian version of mtv which is much music and i used to like just sit there and just watch uh music videos and and play little tapes and cds that my parents had and so it was just always something that i gravitated towards that i that i loved I love how it, it, it seems like it was just in you. Does your family play instruments? Do, are they musicians themselves? Or um, My parents are not. They, uh, you know, we, I came from like a super blue collar family, very far away from the music industry. I have a couple musical family members. Like my grandfather plays the accordion. One of my aunts sings. Uh, another cousin of mine plays music and sings and plays drums. And so it's kind of sprinkled throughout my family. Yeah. Um, but never in my immediate household. I think they were just music fans, but uh, it was like very blue collar Italian family, uh, very far away from anything music related. I know there are, are families who, who push 
their their kids to to get into you know music or entertainment um, because they they they're sort of living through their children yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, for you, at one point, do you tell your parents this is this is something I, I think I want to pursue? Um, for me, it came a little bit uh, later than a lot of people uh, I know who, who do music. I mean, I know so many uh, other artists, like you said, that like started super, super young and, you know, whether their parents had them do it or they just kind of started performing at a really young age. For me, um, it didn't start till late high school. Um, I didn't even sing in front of my parents until I was like 15, 16 years wow. old. It took me a long time to just get comfortable. I would do it like in, in secret. Um, but I didn't sing in front of them until then, and uh, I didn't even want to really pursue it until the crossroads came uh, between, you know, pursuing music versus going into college or university. Yeah. I remember I was, like, about to graduate high school, and, you know, we all had to, like, pick our, like, apply to different schools. We had to right. apply to, like, a minimum of three schools and pick our programs, and I was just looking at all the options, and I was like, there's nothing that I feel like, I'm passionate about other than music and uh yeah so that's kind of when i i talked to my parents about wanting to pursue it and at this point it had been a year or two that i you know had expressed interest to them so they kind of were aware that i enjoyed it but it, you know it wasn't until that time when i was about 18 that i was like guys i, I don't think i can picture doing anything else uh, they still made me apply to university and college so i did that i <laughs> uh, got accepted into some programs and i was just really at a crossroads at that point and i was like guys if you just let me take a year off if i if nothing happens with my career wow. in a year then i'll go back to school so we kind of made a deal where they're like you have one year to try um and if not like you got to go to school so i was like okay um and thankfully in that year i started recording some songs and uh, yeah I, I guess it's kind of a long story but yeah, that's kind of how it how it happened. I like answered way more of your question. It yeah, was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I went way too far with it. No, I mean we, we got we got some time. Tell me how how uh, you said it's kind of a long story. Mm-hmm. So at 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 eighteen, that's that's around the time that your your first single, you know, goes live and it blows up. Um, how before you even recorded in, in in here before you recorded that that whole you know selection of, of music. Um, how how was that decision making for you when when you decide to to not go to to a university? Um, you know how I mean because I'll tell you a year is Pete that doesn't happen. I know it's not a lot of time. <laughs> it's not I, at a the lot time, of time I was like, oh, I got time. Like I'm going to show them, but a year is nothing, right? So now I that really you think back, yeah. Right? Now that I think back, I'm just like that's literally nothing. Um, so. Like going back in time a little bit. So I didn't sing in front of my parents till I was, you know, a lot older, like, you know, halfway through high school. Um, And in that time, once I started getting comfortable singing in front of them, um, I was like, okay, in my mind, I was like, okay, I kind of do want to try to pursue this or at least perform for fun. But the problem was I was too scared to do it. So I was like, how do I do this? How do I sing in front of people and try to get out there without singing in front of people, actually? So I thought of posting videos online yeah. um, just to show my friends and family, just to get feedback. And I obviously didn't think anything was going to come of it. Again, I'm from Brampton, Ontario. I was like, there's no way I'm going to get discovered. I had no intention of getting discovered. I just was like, you know, showing my friends and family at school, a couple of my teachers who, uh, you know, wanted to hear me sing. I just put it up there. Um, and 
So I was doing that for a couple of years. Nothing really happened. I never really had any like viral moments or anything like that. Wow. But I did get seen by this girl uh, whose father had this production company called EP Entertainment. Um, she was working at Home Depot at the time and working with her dad on the side. And she was like just scouting the Internet and found this video of me singing like a cover um, and showed her dad. Um, and long story short, they got in contact with me. Um, and asked if they, you know, could work with me, maybe start recording some songs and just see if I was interested in doing this professionally. So, of course, I was like, oh, my God, yes. Um, but uh, my dad was very reluctant, of course, because he's like, who are these people contacting what? you on where, like, where <laughs> yeah, Twitter? Yeah, yeah. Like, you're 16, like, what's happening? Um, so I was like, Dad, please, like, they, you know, they emailed me. They really want to talk to you, like, please. Um, and so I told them, I was like, you know, you got to talk to my dad, like, whatever. So my dad, for whatever reason, agreed to take this phone call. They said, you know, we're really interested in your daughter's voice. We think she has something. Can we fly you guys out to New York to uh, just see if she would maybe want to record some songs? Like, no pressure. Like, it's not about signing. It's not about taking money. It's just to record some songs and try. So it was a very low pressure thing. I don't know what convinced my dad to say yes. I think it was just my my begging, just like my my puppy dog eyes. He was like, fine, we'll go out. It it was a free trip. They were going to fly us out so we didn't have to anything um it was wonderful we went out i sang for them i was terrified petrified um and throughout the next few months i kind of just started recording some songs in the studio for the first time and writing with this uh wonderful writer named sebastian cole an artist as well um we just met started writing some songs and i was going you know between high school and like after school, I would run to the studio and record these songs. It was kind of a, I was like a, living a secret double life. Um, but <laughs> nothing was coming of it. I didn't, it was a very low pressure thing. Like I wasn't shopping it out to labels. I was just kind of writing. So then um, I had like four or five songs that I really, really loved. Um, a couple of which were Here, Scars. I had like all those songs that are now, you know, some of my, you know, the first songs that I ever put out and the songs that kind of changed my life. I had them written. Um, but I was still in school. I was still in high school. So yeah. I knew that I had these songs in my in my back pocket. I knew that maybe if I had just, you know, if I would give myself the chance to try going to different labels and seeing um, that I could maybe do it. Um, and I had a few songs that I felt comfortable with, you know, maybe putting out in the world. So because I had that, I was like, Dad, just give me a year. Mom, give me a year. Wow. Let me do something with these songs. You know, this production company I was working with was like, you know, if you like these songs, let's try going to different labels and just seeing what happens. So they gave me that year. And in that year, I started taking those songs to a bunch of different labels. Um, heard a lot of no's, a lot of maybes, a lot of nothing. Yeah. Um, and literally, like, near the end of that year, the last label I met with, like, the last hope was Def Jam. Um, and I had always, like grown up loving and admiring Def Jam. Some of my favorite artists were from Def Jam. So I really had my fingers crossed about that one. And thankfully, just the stars aligned right before my time was up and they uh, wanted to sign me with the songs wow. that I had. They were just demos too. Yeah. Like I, they weren't produced out or anything. So they signed me with those demos. I remember going in there with my guitar, playing them the songs. And uh, yeah, I got signed. So I didn't have to go to, to college. I was so excited. I was like, yeah. And I was like, you know, I made it for sure. Like, this is my big break. But, you know, it took a couple years after that to to really just produce the songs out, get better at performing, figure out, you know, who the hell I was as an artist. I had no idea. I just had a voice and I had demos. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, Def Jam just kind of 
got in the mix. I got a manager. All this like whirlwind of stuff was happening to me. Produced the songs out with these guys named Pop and Oak. I went in the studio with them, re-recorded all the songs. Uh, my voice had changed a little bit, so re-recorded the vocals and uh, put out here. I think about a year or so later after that, and uh, that's kind of how everything started. Hey, Mondo here. Right now, you deserve the network more people rely on. That's why Verizon is introducing Welcome Unlimited for just $30 per line per month with four lines and auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Their best price unlimited plan ever. $30 per month for the whole familia. The network you want, the price you love. Switch to Verizon today. Visit verizon.com Mondo. When it comes to you being professionally trained or self-taught, when it comes to singing, uh, how did that work out? Um, I've never been uh, vocally trained, uh, even up till this day I haven't, so I'm probably, I don't know if I'm doing anything right vocally, hopefully it won't catch <laughs> no, up to me. Trust me, you're doing a lot of things right. <laughs> Thank you, well, maybe sonically, I don't know, about internally, I don't know if I'm doing the right things, I hope. Um, I've never been vocally trained, but I did take guitar lessons for a little bit, uh, I think in like early high school for a few months. Um, and then the, I think the guitar school moved away and it was like too expensive. So my mom was like, we got to get you out of this. So I just kind of tried to teach myself the rest by ear. Um, but yeah, never really did vocal lessons. It was just always something that I loved to do. So maybe through practice, I got better at it, but, um, yeah, I've never, I've never taken lessons for that. I probably should. I feel like now that I'm doing it, I probably should kind of learn the right way, but it seems to be working. We, we, so. no, we don't want to mess anything up. <laughs> yeah, you know? maybe maybe now it'll, yeah, I don't want to mess with it. I I'll tell you a quick story. I could dance salsa uh, a, little, a little bit, right? I could dance pretty well, I would say. I took uh, some classes once and I came out a worse dancer than I, than I was. <laughs> See, because... I feel like sometimes if you if you like mess with the natural thing, yeah. then you're like too focused on like the, yes. the logistics and then maybe it'll mess it up. Really? So but do you feel like you have it back now that you like stopped yeah, the lessons? Yeah, yeah, or? yeah. I kinda okay, okay. I kinda just fizzled it out, you know? It was no just way, like, really interesting. I was in my head. Yeah. Not, you know, I, I remember trying it out and, and I was just thinking like one and two and three Ah, and, yeah. And, and I'm and, and I, I I was I came out a worse dancer than I was and when you came when in when I walked in. Interesting. I feel like yeah, sometimes when you when you make things too cerebral, like some things aren't meant to be cerebral, they're meant to be more intuitive. And I feel like same with dancing, singing, anything music related. I feel like it should be more intuitive than it is cerebral. So I mean, I guess maybe excluding like music theory, but I have no idea about music theory. Um, but yeah, I feel like it should feel more intuitive. So I'm I'm almost like scared also to like to go there because I don't want to change anything yeah, yeah. or become like maybe worse. But also I feel like at the same time, I, I just hope that I'm doing it the right way because I don't want to like damage anything that's going on in there. But we'll see. Nothing yet. So we'll see. <laughs> so I want to talk about here. Yeah. That's the first song that you drop that, I mean, we could say blows up for you. Radio picks up it, on the Internet. It goes it goes nuts. I feel like it was the introverted anthem that we needed. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that a lot, which is cool. I, I, I didn't ever expect it to, to be an anthem at all or to be heard by anyone. Because like I said, 
rewind to when I was, you know, writing those songs with Sebastian, I was still in high school, didn't have a deal, didn't even know if I was going to actually pursue this. I, you know, my parents were just kind of like entertaining me for for a bit. I didn't know. Right. And uh, here was one of those songs that came out of those uh, few months, just writing and recording. And um, it was the first time that I've even learned, like, what writing a song really was. Yeah. And uh, understanding that you can write about something like that and write about what happened to you the day before. And that can be a song like I, you know, I had only heard like love songs or you know, the same few topics. I didn't know that you could just write about anything. And that kind of was the switch for me for the first time. That song where, you know, you realize you could write about those things and expand a feeling and, and, and turn it into something that people understand, you know, like taking such a specific experience that happened to me and having it relate to all those people. I, I just didn't even have the foresight or the knowledge that that could be like a thing. So that did happen. Yeah. That scenario, you were in that scenario yeah, in real life. I was in that scenario in real life. It was like a high school party. Um, again, like I was going from school to the studio and like from weekdays at school to the studio on weekends. So um, this was one of those things where it was like an after school party. One of my friends uh, was having like this like basement jam thing in Brampton. And uh, I never used to go to those things. Like I came from an immigrant Italian family, old school. Like my dad never let me go to those things. But for whatever reason... He allowed me to go this one night. And so I, I, you know, all my friends were drinking. I had never drank before. I hadn't smoked before. All my friends were smoking. Like I was so, I just felt like a baby. I was like, what am I doing here? I just remember like having this feeling like all my friends are here, but like, I feel so out of place. You know, I felt so like stupid and like so dumb, you know? So, uh, I like kind of took that feeling with me to that studio session the next day. And Sebastian asked me like, what did you do yesterday? And I was like, well, I went to this party and I felt like such a loser there. <laughs> um, and he's like, why don't we write about that? And I was like, okay. Um, and I just, again, didn't have the knowledge that like you could write about something like that, but we just started, you know, talking about our shared experiences of being yeah. at these places and feeling out of place and just kind of, uh, envisioning like what those typical parties look like and you know what happens at these parties, whether it's people smoking, people drinking, somebody trying to talk to you and someone trying to dance with you. And, um, yeah, I, I think if it weren't for Sebastian, like he, he really put like this positive spin yeah. on the song and al allowed me to like, you know, sing about those things and, and feel confident instead of like, you know, because the song could have very much felt like I feel like a loser. And it yeah. kind of was that. But it also like he was like, you know, it could just be that that's not your thing and like yeah. have some confidence with that. So he really like kind of um, helped me understand that like I could write about this in like a positive way where it was like maybe that's just not my thing. Like, I'm still cool. Like, yeah. this is not my vibe, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. And uh, I ended up loving the song. I thought it was so fun. Um, and, yeah, it really it was the thing that ended up changing my life. Um, unbeknownst to me or any of us in that room, we were just kind of having fun. And, it, yeah, a couple years later, it changed my whole world. <laughs> I love that. I, and, and that's exactly what what we get from from that song is... Uh, it's just not your thing, but you're still cool. You know, you're saying the cool people aren't even cool to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of, yeah, like, yeah. That's, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that I took that approach rather than just like the self-deprecating way. And I do have a lot of self-deprecating songs, but I feel like what made that song kind of an anthem was that it maybe gave people a voice um, and allowed them to feel like there is a place for them, you know, and yeah. it's not necessarily that space, but right. just because it's not that space doesn't mean that you need to, change yourself to, to fit that or you know like it could just be another space like you you're still 
cool in your own right. You know, it's that's just not your thing and that's okay, you know? Um, so I feel like it kind of, that, that approach really made that song, I think, what it was. The funny thing is, we kind of met at a very similar space. We did. <laughs> we did. And we both related to how it was in our thing, too, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Still feel the same way about those things, by the way. I think I'm a lot more social than I was, and I can, I can have fun now. I drink now. Uh, I still don't smoke because that's just not good for me. But, um, yeah, like, I feel like I'm still kind of that person. And it's funny because we were both, I feel like we both can relate to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we were um, at, a, at a party at an event, and mm-hmm. um, we both kind of just connecting from from the get because it was one of those things where uh, i don't know if this is like my vibe but like we vibe yeah we're, we're yeah cool. like yeah and i feel like when, we, when you connect with people that like that are on like the same wavelength as yes. you like you just gravitate towards each other like yes. okay this is cool like let i enjoy talking to you it was yes, nice it yes, was a yes. really nice pleasant encounter and i'm glad i went it was it was i i'm, I'm super happy as well uh, I want to, my, my parents are, are uh, immigrants from Mexico. Oh, cool. I want to talk about, you know, you having your family, um, growing up in a, um, in a traditional uh, Italian family. Mm. Uh, how was that? And, and do you feel like the pressures from that are, are greater than... Um, people who didn't grow up in, in a, you know, in, in a, a, a household like, like yours? Um, I think to some extent, yes, because, um, and I, I find that with a lot of other Italian families that I know and other friends of mine who are Italian who grew up in the same way, it's, it's very similar in that, you know, there's not necessarily a lot of freedom when you grow up in a family like that because, you know, traditional values is very much like dad is the boss you know, kids must go to school, get a job, help provide. There's no, like, the the idea of, like, party and drinking and going out and, like, just even, I wasn't even allowed to, like, have sleepovers. I wasn't allowed to go to drive-in movies. Like, there's, like, a list of things. It just became a thing in my friend group where they were just like, oh, we're not even going to invite you because we know you're not allowed to come. (laughs) You know, it was just that type of thing. You know, a very strict household, which I think kind of helped me at least learn a lot of discipline. So now that I am an artist and I, you know, am living in this lifestyle that can be very, uh, that can kind of take you out of earth a little bit, it's yeah. nice to have that grounded family because I always, I feel like I have the discipline now and the understanding of what it means to value, um, you know, life. And, and I didn't have a lot of money growing up and I just learning the value of even money and family and tradition and culture, like I, I I feel like if I didn't have that, I might be kind of like an air balloon sort of floating in this lifestyle. And I feel like that really grounds me now. So I I am grateful for it now. You say that, um, you know, you, when you first started, it was a little foreign to you to, or you were living two lives, you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Do you, do you feel like you're still kind of living two lives? And I'll, I'll add to that because I feel sometimes that that I am mm-hmm. because I have a foot in the entertainment industry. And then just like yourself, my family grounds me. I'm a big family guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, always hang out with my fam and, and it just feels good. It feels it feels I mean, it's home, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, that to me is, is what I love to do. Um, but also I love to create and you know, and, and, and be in, in, in that space. So I feel like being in entertainment, 
and having your family uh, just being so uh, it being home for you. Do you feel like you still are in two in two separate uh, worlds at times, or or has it uh, meshed well for you? Um, and nothing is not meshed well. I guess I'm, I guess my question is. Do you feel like you, you're in two different worlds still mm. at times? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying. Honestly, yes, and I feel like now, yes. And I think it's become a good thing yeah. for me. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Um, because when I like first started, um, you know, it was obviously like zero to a thousand, right? As soon as the song came out, it kind of just changed my whole world. And I was very much like the same person on stage down to like what I wore as, that I was off stage. And I remember like it being in the thick of that and like whatever the hell like fame even was. I remember being jealous of like people like Sia or Lady Gaga or, or anyone who had like some sort of metaphorical mask or literal mask that they could take off once they were off stage. Cause then they, they got to be themselves and there's a fine line. Like mm. see it when she's off stage, she could take the wig off and she is whoever she is off stage or lady Gaga takes off the costumes and she's her. And there's a fine line. So you can become the person and you can be, you know, yourself and, and there's no like enmeshment. But I felt like for me, Alessia Cara was Alessia Caracciolo, like at all times. It was like a, a complete mix. I didn't, and I couldn't find that balance. I just felt like who I was at home was who I was on stage. And then you kind of get lost because you're like, there's no fine line. I can't turn it off. I don't know where I begin and where this artist ends. Yeah. Um, and I feel like for me, having that sort of double life or carving that out has really helped me, to be honest, because now I, I do know the difference between who I am as an artist and who I am as a person. And just because there's no like costume to take off, I still feel like I have a good balance now of when to turn it off emotionally, yeah. uh, mentally. And when I go home, I have my dog, I have my family, I have my relationships. Um, and now I'm able to kind of, there's like a little switch, even if it's yeah. not a physical switch, it's a mental switch. And I feel like I needed that because for a while I did not know how to turn it off. And it was 24 seven. It was just so enmeshed in my life that I did not know who I was outside of music. And it was, it was very scary for a while. Yeah. Like being a, a girl in your like early twenties or, you know, even your late teens, just not understanding where you begin and where your career ends. It's like very strange. Um, but yeah, so I, now I'm, I'm glad for that double life. And I think everybody needs that when you're doing this. I'm sure you understand. Like if you yeah. had to keep this thing on all the time, like there'd be yeah. no room for your family and the things that you value outside of this, you know? So you really need to, to have that switch, I think. I think it's kind of nice uh, because like for you, the way you're doing it, as opposed to kind of having like a onstage persona um, because you're just you. A hundred percent of the time. Exactly. Which kind of bit me in the ass a little bit. <laughs> it's great. Um, but at the time it was like, what the heck? You know, I was like, almost like I wish I had a persona so I could know the difference. But I am glad that I'm glad I did it my way. Yeah. Like you don't have to fake it. You know? Yeah. You which you is nice. You don't, I think at this point of your life, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of understand it. And, um, I, I, I've seen many things, you know, in, in the years that I've been in, in, in the industry and how people sometimes Feel like they have to fake it or they have to like code switch or become someone completely different mm -hmm. and i see the change sometimes too where i'm like hey you were cool just a little bit ago and now you're just kind of like a different person yeah, um, yeah and granted they don't have to hop on the stage and do anything like that become a character but i feel like it's it's tough even just seeing 
that some people feel like they have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that, you know, you can just be yourself 100% of the time mm-hmm. and, and people love you for you. I think that's, that's, that's a beautiful good thing. Thank you. Yeah, you know what? I, I do agree. I think I'm sure the, you know, the Sias and the Lady Gagas of the world would probably say the same thing. I'm sure there's pressures you know, its own pressures um, sure. with having to switch it on and off too, you know? So I think it's kind of like a grass is greener situation, oh, yeah. you know? Um, it's what works for the individual. For the, yeah, but yeah. I'm sure it's hard to keep up a persona too. And if I had to hang up a hat every single night um, and like, you know, figure out how to, how to be somebody else all the time, that would be a challenge in itself, like having to act. And I am very grateful for the fact that I was lucky enough that I could make it as myself, you know, and, and, um, not have to live up to the pressures of what it is to be like a star. I can just go up on stage, talk to the crowd and be me. And there, there is a beauty that comes with that too. So I definitely am lucky in, in one regard as well. Do you feel like you have a, a love or passion for something else outside of, of music that is entertainment related? Um, yeah, I, I love, um, I love video as well. I, I grew up before I even like, you know, got comfortable singing in front of people. I was always like, I always had a camera in my hand. I always was like filming video, editing video, making like little commercials with my brother and like doing little dumb videos and editing them and adding sound effects. Like I loved video editing and just video in general. Um, and it, to this day, I'm still really passionate about it. And I'm, I'm heavily involved in the video process of, of my career, which is great. Like, I'm glad that I enjoy that too. Cause I, I'd like to just be involved and, uh, yeah. And my, and my brother does it now for a living. He's in film school. So we get to work on projects together, which is oh, cool. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I'm really passionate about video and, and film and editing specifically. Like, I think that's awesome. Well, we need another editor. Fred, uh, listen, right, can we, <laughs> I will do can it. We, can we, can we use us another editor? Editor? Yeah. Listen, right, don't, don't promise me that. Cause I will show up here tomorrow. Like <laughs> you said, you're hired. I love it. <laughs> Genuinely. I love it. So yeah, that's, that's something I, I've always loved too. So if there's any way I can incorporate that, like I'm always like, I'm always uh, looking to find new ways to be creative in my career. That's amazing. I'm sure that that comes in handy when you're creating music videos. Totally. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love, um, you know, writing treatments and, and helping with the editing and like even color grading. Like I love color grading wow. video and like, I'm, I'm really passionate about just the way that videos look and, and when to cut a scene and just the art of that. Like I think editing and cinematography is like super underrated. Do you like edit yourself sometimes? I do. Yeah, you do. I really, really do. I'm all like my BTS videos. I edit myself. Um, I even like my music videos, like this last music video, me and my brother did. We edited it ourselves like in his room. Wow. Um, I love I love doing that. And I yeah. What are you editing on? What am I editing on? Um, we edit when it's with my brother. We edit on um, Premiere Pro. Nice. Um, I'm trained in uh, Final Cut, which oh. is it kind of it's good but it's also kind of the worst because rendering takes like 70 hours <laughs> but I, I like final cut i'm just learning premiere through my brother um and sometimes a good old iMovie still works even though it's not the best um but yeah final I, cut is iMovie it's clutch it is clutch it comes clutch when you need it except the titles <laughs> i don't like that there's no option to like not fade a text like sometimes i just like a text to pop up and iMovie doesn't have that so that's when you go to the final cut or premiere. have you tried da vinci no Oh, Da Vinci's I good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. even heard of Da Vinci. Da I gotta get free. my editing game up. Really? It's free, and uh, and you you don't have to render. 
Really? Yeah. No yeah, way. We, 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 Is that we, what you guys use? Yeah. No way. Yeah, we're on DaVinci now. We went, I think it was huh. like Final Cut to premiere. I went from Final Cut and Cal State LA, and then when I switched over here, I switched to Premiere Pro, and then yeah. I switched to Premiere to DaVinci. No way. Try it out. I definitely will. Tell your bro. Tell your bro. I'm going to tell him because he, yeah, he's, I always like hear him pulling his hair out at at Premiere Pro. I don't know a lot about Premiere Pro, but he's always like, Premiere keeps crashing. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. DaVinci doesn't crash. Good. Good. God bless. Okay. I'm going to. Really? Not a subscription. That's, that's, I need to, I need to Color grading's amazing on that. Really? Okay, good. I'm going to switch over, actually. (laughs) I really will, because I I love it. I'm editing, me and my my best friend do, like, these little um, vlog-type videos now where we, like, rate the coffee in in L.A., and we try to find the best coffee in Los Angeles, and I edit those on iMovie, but I got to get DaVinci. Oh, yeah. I'm going to try to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty user-friendly from the get. Yeah, especially if you, like, know all those other programs. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, cool. Thank you. I learned something new. I'm going to take this with me today. So the coffee in, in L.A. Yes. Where should I go? Man, we are still looking. Okay. Are you a coffee? Are you like a coffee? Head? I became a coffee connoisseur in the, Ooh, last, okay. in the last couple months. God bless. You are speaking my language. Okay. So the place that we found right now, the best place that we found, and this is still an ongoing search. So don't, you know, this might not be the best in LA. So far. But have you ever been to Coffee Commissary? No, but I've heard of it. You have to go there. If you like burritos, like breakfast burritos, you have to have their breakfast burrito. It's called the. Uh, Angelino or Angelino burrito, and they're uh, just like their good old, co- like their coffee is so good. That's the best place we found. We okay. I just like a, I don't know if you do lattes or espressos or. I'm a latte kind okay. of guy. Get their latte, their iced lattes. So good. That's the best place we found. Sight glass is also really good. Um, what else is good? I think Sight glass is downtown, or maybe not. I think it's around here somewhere. I believe so. I haven't been to that one. We're we're in the arts arts district now. Okay. Uh, zinc is really good. Zinc. Okay, so that was my next question. I was gonna ask you what's good. Uh, zinc. Zinc. So zinc zinc sells food too, um, but they're like, coffees is low key really good. Really. Okay. okay. And then there's a spot uh, called Maru M A R U. That's pretty good too. Check oh, it out. I think I've had Maru before. I think yeah. is that in Los Feliz? Uh, they, I think they have oh, a few. Oh, it's right here. Okay, they so there's a, a couple. Okay. I've been to the one in Los Feliz, I think. I'm pretty sure it was Maru. Yeah. I'm going to go. I haven't had my, my morning coffee yet either, so I'm going to go yeah. directly there. And <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I love I love that, that you're on a quest to find some good coffee in L.A. Yes. Anyone watching in the comments, please let me know because I'm on an ongoing quest. It's like a serious thing. We're very... We're very serious about it. <laughs> so, since you're in LA, there's a big Mexican community here in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. Uh, there's a coffee called Café de Olla. De Olla, okay. Café de Olla. And de Olla just means from a pot. Mm, okay. Um, and they have, uh, they put like cinnamon sticks and like mm. uh, orange with the orange peel mm. um, and a few other things um, that, that makes it amazing so if you ever see cafe de olla on a menu try it out absolutely oh my god amazing doesn't even need sugar or anything it's just that's how you know it's good when it doesn't need sugar that's that's the go-to Ooh, thank you i never even heard of that and i love mexican cuisine too and mexican culture i'm definitely gonna gonna look for that cafe de olla de olla oh yeah okay do you have a favorite type of food um, I honestly love a bunch of different foods, but Mexican is honestly up there. I, I love 
like carne asada tacos are like one of oh, my nice. food of literally of all time. Like I lo- like anytime that I see that on a menu, that's what I'm getting. Like carne asada tacos. I love um, carnitas tacos too. The okay. one with, is that the one with the the pineapple? Sometimes that's they do it. Pastor. El pastor. El pastor. El pastor. I love that too. Um, yeah, any any type of Mexican food is like my favorite. Yeah. I actually had when I went to Mexico. I had. Have you ever had escamole? No escamole. <laughs> yeah, it's like. I, 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 I thought it was like a rice. It's actually like little worms. Little worms? Like It's like little worms. It's like a delicacy. But it was so good. And, and I, I didn't know I didn't know that I was having it till after. So I don't know if I'd have it again just because now I'm like thinking like back to like head, it's yeah. in my head. But it was honestly so good. It was like one of the best dishes I've ever had in my life. It was It's called escamole. It looks like almost like a rice or like a little quinoa dish or something. And they're like little, little, little worms. But honestly, the way that it was prepared when I had it in Mexico, it was delicious. What part of Mexico? Do you do you remember? Um, we went to Mexico City and there was another part. I don't know if it, it wasn't Tijuana. Uh, what was it called? I can't remember. It was Mexico City and another part that was near Mexico City. I can't okay. remember what it was called. But it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, it was one of my favorite trips I've ever taken in my life. I don't think I've ever eaten that much. It was so good. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. I die. I, like, my stomach's rattling thinking about it. I love Mexican food. I love Mexican food and I love Italian food. I love and Italian food it's, too. It's like, it's like this. Oh yeah. I think, we, I think we're like maybe two of the best cuisine. I don't know. Two yeah. of the best cuisines maybe in the world. I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, I don't know. Um, I yeah. Agree. Like I feel like we're both up there. I love Italian food and yeah. Greek is really good too. But I, I yeah, love, Mexican I love and that Italian. Italian, uh, Italian and Mexican food. It's, it's, it's very family you know, oriented, mm-hmm. you know, very family style uh, for the most part. You know, by the way, you're invited to the carne asada. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yes. Yeah. That's really why I came here. Anytime. I just wanted the invite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You met I me. You're like, this guy's Mexican. I think, <laughs> I, think he, I think I might have to get in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta be his friend. <laughs> yes. Oh, thank you. I'm honored. I would, I will definitely be there. Uh, you know, you're, you're in a, a, an amazing place in, in, in your career now. You know, established. It's crazy because you're still very young, uh, and you've done so much. Uh, what would you say is is a highlight in in your career that that stands out a little more than than others? That's a great question. There, there's a few things for me that that I'll always kind of just hold with me. That I was like, whoa. I mean, of course, winning the Grammy was like mind blowing, dream, like everything. Of course, like that that always will be there by default. Um, but even just like, I remember I, I had the chance to open for Coldplay like two years into my career, which was like so early. And they're like one of my favorite bands, if not my favorite band in the world. And I remember, like, I didn't even know they knew who I was. And the fact that they like welcomed me onto their stage, it was a stadium tour. And I just remember playing for their crowd, uh, like in my early twenties, just thinking like, how, how is this even happening? You know? And um, I remember having my, my family come and watch the show and just being so proud that they were there. And that that's always such a big moment for me, like getting to open for Coldplay, specifically like the Wembley Stadium show. Wow. Um, it was my brother's birthday and it was raining. And I remember I had the crowd sing happy birthday to him. And it was such a moment. Like I'm just just being in their environment. And uh, yeah, that was like always something that I really hold close to me. So, that's beautiful. Yeah. I can see how much it meant to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, it meant a lot. My, it's family, like my mom's favorite your band your fan too. being there, I think that's yeah, cherry was, on top. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Just, again, like we're, we're both very family oriented, so having my family there was like oh, such a such a big deal for me. Uh, the Grammy, where where is where do you have that? 
I have that in my parents' house. Uh, they stole it from me. They're like, we get to keep it. I remember uh, my mom came with me to the Grammys, and Lord was sitting in front of me, the artist. Yeah, Lord, yeah, yeah. And uh, she, like, when I won and I went up there, she apparently turned to my mom and was like, "You, you have to keep the first one." Um, which, thank you, first of all, Lord, for thinking that'll get any more. Like, that's very bold of you to think. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, so she's like, Lord told me I have to keep the first one. So, thank you, Lord. Um, my mom has the first one. She's like, because Lord said I have to keep it. So, she has it. They have it, like, in, on this, like, mantle on the fireplace in their house. Um, and, like, everybody who comes over, all my family members, they're like, can we hold it? Can we touch it? So, it's like a, a spot in my family home. Um, that everyone just goes to and uh, yeah they're like so proud of it they like show everybody that comes over it's like a big deal in their house so hopefully I do get another one so I can take it with me to my place because I would love one of my own as well but I feel like it's in great hands so yeah. I'm glad and you will and it. you will yes how do you feel about awards today um it's a little mixed um I think a lot of artists share the sentiment I feel like the value of an award per se has kind of been a bit watered down i think due to politics due to numbers i don't necessarily think that things that win awards are the most artistic thing i think it might just be the things that are most popular um at the time me included like i you know at the time do i think i was the best new artist no um i i think it it is kind of due to a lot of numbers games and I don't necessarily love it. I think the value, unfortunately, has been a bit watered down nowadays. And uh, yeah, my, my view of it, my love for it has kind of shifted. And I think a lot of artists had to shift their perspective because if we place all our importance and our yeah. value on yeah. that award, and if it never happens, like if I never win one again, does that mean I'm not a good artist? No, it just means that, right. you know, I wasn't the the most popular at the time or, yeah. you know, that there's so many artists making music, like just because you don't get it, doesn't mean you're not good. And just because the artists that do get it doesn't mean that they're not good. It means, or it doesn't mean that, you know, like, it's just like, I, know I, exactly, feel like, I know exactly what you mean. You know, though. like, yeah. it, it, I feel like our value shouldn't be placed on those things. I think it's beautiful and it's an honor. And those people that do get it deserve it, definitely, because popular music, it, it's hard for music to be popular nowadays. And if you have music on the charts, that's something to celebrate, that you've made it as, in like in that realm of success, I think that's a beautiful thing. So I think if you do win, you should be proud and happy. But if you don't, it doesn't mean that your value is diminished, you know. Um, and that's kind of a thing I've had to understand. And I think a lot of artists have had to, to shift our perspective on that. Because if that's the case, we're all just going to be disappointed in ourselves. Because those things don't, you know, they're, they're not everything. Yeah. And you make beautiful music. Thank uh, you. Alessia. And, and Thank I, I, you. I agree with you. I think one's... Um, value as an artist uh you know shouldn't come down to to any award mm -hmm. uh, i mean it's nice to get awarded of obviously. course of course and it should be celebrated yeah. like those artists who do get it should feel proud you know but on the flip side it's not everything one of the songs that that you created uh made it to the moana uh soundtrack which <laughs> yeah. was worldwide yeah uh huge did you meet the rock did you get you the chance to to to, to meet him at any point or another during that time? I, I Not during that time, but a couple years later, we met at, like, Stephen Colbert. It was, like, a late-night show day. It was on my birthday, and he was a guest, and I was the musical guest, and, like, we passed each other in the hallway, and I was like, hey, Moana. He's like, hey. And then we took a picture. <laughs> it was very cool. He was so large, so big, um, and so sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was, like, such a nice dude. It was so cool to, like, be part of that movie. And uh, Lin-Manuel actually wrote the song, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Um, wrote the song so um and he like 
it was already kind of in the soundtrack and then they just had me be the the voice for it and like reproduce it um but yeah like they just i don't know why they thought i was a, a good fit i was so honored that they you know thought that i'd be a good person for the voice of that song. It was like such a big deal for me. And I mean, we love Disney. Everybody loves Disney. So it was such a, a wonderful moment to be part of that and be part of like a lot of kids' lives. Yeah. Even now, like to this day, there's I meet little kids that are like, I love you on the Moana soundtrack. Or they think I'm Moana too, because I have the curly hair. Yeah. I've had to like break it to so many kids like, oh, it's not me, but thank you. Um, yeah, so it's, it's very, it's very cool. Very cool. That's beautiful. Do you have a, a favorite song that, that you like to perform? A favorite song? Um, I mean, I, I, of course, I love playing here in Scars because those are like the first songs that kind of really, you know, made a difference in my life. And, uh, you know, the songs that got me started in my career. So it feels very nostalgic to play those. And yeah. I know they mean a lot to people. Um, but I, I love playing just like all my new stuff, to be honest, like my last album in the meantime, listen to it. You. Yes, 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 yes. Plug, plug, plug. Um, but honestly, like those songs, I feel like because there's a lot of up-tempo stuff on there and there's a lot of guitar-based stuff, a lot of crazy drums. Um, I love playing uh, those new songs because I, I feel like there's just a new energy on stage now that I can have where I can like dance and feel free, which is fun. Talk about your your latest project. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tell me all about it. Um, well, uh, it's called In the Meantime. Yep. And uh, I wrote it uh, in the thick of the pandemic. So it's kind of like a, a pandemic baby. Um, I I mean, I guess it started before the pandemic. And then I, you know, the thick of it was in the pandemic. And I finished it in the pandemic. So I basically worked from home within Canada. I wasn't allowed to leave the country. So I did everything pretty much locally, which was very new for me, but honestly, I'm so grateful that I got to do it that way because I, I got to work with a lot of Canadian producers, a lot of great local talent that was, um, I, I would not have had the chance to meet if it weren't for the pandemic. And I feel like I learned so much about my own skills and, yeah. uh, you know, vocal production and recording and all that. Like I had to do everything basically from my house in my room by myself, uh, which was like very different for me again. But I feel like I, I had the chance to rely on myself a lot and I grew so much throughout that process. Even emotionally, I went through like a really rough time as we all did in the pandemic. Yeah. So the album's just kind of about that reflection and that uh, just weeding out those feelings. Uh, so I feel like it was very helpful for me emotionally, physically, mentally, um, and just skill-wise too. Like it really helped me grow. How would you say the pandemic uh, change your way of looking at, at your mental health and, and how are you taking care of, of your mental health today? Excellent question. Um, well, I think we all, to some degree, had our own version of a mental health journey, I think, in the pandemic because it was it was a shock. It was a, it was a shock to our system, truly. So um, my version of that was actually pretty intense. I went through like one of the hardest times of my life mentally, I uh, developed panic disorder, which you know now has a name, but at the time I didn't know what it was. So I was finding myself dissociating, detaching from my body randomly, having panic attacks, anxiety attacks for hours, sometimes days on end. Um, and it got to the point where like, I just felt like I was constantly dreaming and I could not get back to myself. Um, and then, you know, because of that, I wasn't sleeping. So I was basically up for hours and hours and days on end just really having a rough time. And uh, it took me a long time to get out of it. But that time introduced me to therapy for the first time. It introduced me to, 
well, not really the first time because I had tried therapy before, but it didn't work. So therapy again, um, it introduced me to medication that I realized I needed my whole life and I was just scared of or just kind of pushed down because yeah. of the stigma around it. It introduced me to just so many different things. And I'm so glad for that experience because I feel like I'm just so much better than I was. I do therapy weekly. I take medication every day. Um, I'm just way more stable than I was. I'm way more happy. I feel like I'm way more present. Um, it just really changed my whole world. So that rough time really just made me better. Um, and I think to some degree, hopefully it made everybody a little bit better because I think it taught us all the value of yeah. um, taking care of yourself and the value of what really matters, which is you know family, being present, um, just the little things we take for granted that we couldn't do, which, you know, just spending time with people or just going out to eat, grabbing a coffee, those simple things that we take for granted. In my case, even performing, you know, those yeah. things. Um, it just really taught us the, the value of those things and, and what it means to be a person in the world and how important it is to contribute in the right ways, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and as uh, as an introvert myself, I thought, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be okay without hanging out with people. But then yeah. a few weeks, months, I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. I kind of miss people. Yeah, like you need people. It's so true. You don't realize that yeah. it's so important until you're like, wait a minute. Like it's cool for the first couple of weeks. I was like, this is going to be easy. Like yep. we'll just flatten the curve for 20 weeks, yep. for 20 weeks, sorry, for two weeks. It'll be fine. And then, you know, two years later, it, it really gets to you. You're like, it's nice in moderation. But when you don't have that at all, you realize like how important it is and also how important it is to also like have time to yourself, but like not be distracted all the time, you know, cause we're, we live in a world where we're so distracted and we don't even take the time to like see how we're even feeling or check in with ourselves. And when we had that time, we're like, Whoa, there's some stuff in here that I've been pushing down that I really need to like figure out, you know? So that was important too. Thank you so much for that. By the way, I, I, I want to acknowledge how, how important uh, mental health, is mm. and and how important it is for people like us to talk about it openly yeah um because it it uh it makes other people seen mm. and 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 it, and it um it's more important than ever you know to to talk about it especially like your fans you know mm. who who are, who are young and uh see you as 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 a, as a big role model mm. you know uh to see someone like you talking about it it's like it just makes people feel like they're not um, wrong for feeling a certain way or, uh, you know, normalizing mental health, I think, is a beautiful thing uh, mm. in, in the time that we're living in. Thank you. I, I agree. I think it's important. You know, you can't you can't have shame around it either. I think right. that's kind of what stops people sometimes. Yeah. Is, you're ashamed, especially if your life on paper looks great. You're almost yeah. even more ashamed because you're like, am I ungrateful? Or I don't want people to think that I, you know, I'm this or that. But the reality is nobody's exempt from pain in life, yeah. no matter what lifestyle you live, no matter where you're from, what you do. Um, and there's nothing to be ashamed of. In fact, it's like a very powerful thing. to, And it's a strong thing to say, like, I've been through this and I'm still going through it. It's a strong thing to be vulnerable. And it's, a, you know, a strong thing to just go through things and talk about it, you know, like it's, it's an underrated strength and an underrated power to, to take control of your feelings yes. like that and say, and just own them, just own them, not even take control of them, just own them and acknowledge them. That's a very powerful thing. So, um, there's nothing to be ashamed of. And I'm, I'm, I'm learning that. And I think it's all, it's all a good lesson for us to, to learn and remember. I love that. 
Yeah. Dab me up real quick. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're going to to move into the rapid fire Ooh. with Alessia Cara. Okay. Are you ready for this? I am. I am. Okay. <sighs> Good luck. Thank you. I'm nervous now. I don't, I don't know how to do rapid fire. I talk way too much. I don't know if I can do rapid. Okay. A million more followers or a million more dollars? Ooh. Ah, oh, man. Dollars. Who cares about followers? Least, you can do something with dollars. <laughs> Favorite piece of tech that you use today? Favorite piece of tech that I use today? Um... Ah, I knew it. I was not going to be good at rapid fire. <laughs> um, my new laptop. I got a new laptop. Nice, so nice, yeah. nice. Uh, best singer of all time. <sighs> that's the hardest question. Oh, man. I don't know. I'm going to say Amy Winehouse just because I love her. I could kind of hear it in your voice, especially early on. I remember when really? I first heard here. Mm. By the way, I played here. I, that's one of the things I mentioned to you when we met. I played here on the radio for the first time. At our radio station. That is so cool. And thank uh, you for that. I remember hearing your voice and thinking, "Wow, like this this girl's amazing." Thank and, you. and 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 it, and it, I had uh, uh, these these um, sort of like emotions and and uh, tones that that Amy Winehouse had. Oh, cool. Uh, I remember we even wrote an article and and we. And I remember the context, but we wrote Amy Winehouse in that article. No way. When we wrote about here. That is crazy. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I don't doubt that because she she's a huge influence um, to me. Like, you know, just an inspiration all around, like vocally, lyrically. So I'm sure she she comes through a little bit. But at the same time, I'm nowhere near her or as good. So that that comparison is always just as shocking as it is uh, flattering and very kind, too kind, but um, I, I, yeah, I, I guess it makes sense because uh, I, I love her and I like she's a huge influence to me, especially growing up. So, favorite rapper. Ooh, favorite rapper. Oh man, okay. There's a few that I really love. I love Kendrick. I love Nas. I love. Oh man, this is hard. I know Tribe Called Quest is not really one, but Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. Um, oh man, that's such a hard question. Okay, let's say, I'll say Kendrick, I'll say Nas, and I'll say Tribe Called Quest, even though they're two people. Nice, I'll take that. Big Nas or Lil Nas? Uh, big Nas, just Nas, but Lil Nas is cool too. <laughs> yeah, he, he is awesome too. Yeah. <laughs> Best Alessia song to play in a in a room to 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 bring up the, the good vibes. Ooh, the good vibes. Um, maybe the last song on my last album, apartment song. It's really fun, and I feel like you could play it at like a house party and just you know have fun. Feels nice. like a, a bright song. <laughs> nice. Can you do a little bit for us? Sure. Um, it's hard. To, it's like not a singy song. Okay. Um, light in my head, turn on in the morning. What a wonderful world it is when you can see it. Tears that I shed turned into glitter on the floor of my apartment. Papa Shimmer, I need it. I know I'm a bummer, got no lover, but the color of the 
Sky tonight, so nice, I don't mind. There. I'll just give you a little. I'll give you a little, a little, a little. Give it up. Thank you. Thank you for that. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Lastly, what's a nickname that no one really knows about of yours? A nickname that no one really knows about. Ah, maybe Liv got to help me with this. Liv, what's a nickname? I feel like, do I have any nicknames that no one knows? I have, I mean, my, my parents all have always called me Ale. It's like, Ale. Uh, Ale, that's. They, I don't even think they call me Alessia. I don't think I've ever heard them call me Alessia. Just Ale is what I'm called in my in my family. Liv calls me Ale. My friends call me Ale. People call me Les in school. I don't know. I feel like, but people maybe know that. How I don't know. Have, like, what's how long have you guys known each other for? Me and Liv, we've known each other since we were ten. We've been best friends since wow, we were ten. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, Liv. we met in the fifth grade, and now we work together, which is so fun. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, but you've just always called me Alet. But what's like? I don't know. I don't know any other. I'm trying to think of. I don't think I have any like interesting ones. Maybe Ale. That's probably the one. My parents call me Ale. Ale. Yeah. I love that. That's my. That's what we call my sister too. Ale. Oh, really? Is her name Alejandra? It is. Yeah, because I, I know a girl named Alejandra, and her nickname is Ale too. Well, um, Ali, I want to thank you for coming by Mondo and Friends. I want to thank you for singing a little bit for us, too. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. It's yeah. nice just to have a talk. You know, I feel like I haven't done this in a while, too, so it's very nice. Yeah. No, you, this, is, this is your home. Anytime you, you come to L.A., you want to... Just chat, have a carnesada. Yes, you know? a carnesada and a coffee. That probably grows together, but... <laughs> <laughs> the coffee, we'll you know, <laughs> yeah. on our way to pick up the carnesada. Yes, yes. And it's, what was it, Café de Olla? Café de Olla. De Olla. Olla. Pot. Right. Yes. A pot. Okay. I'm yeah. going to remember that. Yes, next time we'll, we'll, definitely, we'll definitely do that. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alessia, Cara. Thank you, Ale. And Ale. thank you so much for watching and listening to Mondo and Friends presented by Verizon. Cool.